Get ready for conflicts where movie reviews collide. Everybody, welcome back! It's Conflicts the podcast. It's me, Laura slash Lulu, and Dad Joke Rich. Hey, Rich. Hey, Rich. Here I am. <laughs> Some things never change. It's true. It's true. He even has the T-shirt. What does it say? It says King of the Dad. King jokes. of the Dad jokes. King yeah. of the Dad jokes. All right. Today we are covering the Netflix movie Marriage Story, and you know what? Wallace Shawn is in this movie. Rich, you know why that's important. But I don't, why is that important, Lulu? I'd love to hear. Inconceivably, it changes the name to marriage story. <laughs> so now every time I see this movie, I'm like, marriage. Marriage. And I see the guy with the huge like papal hat. I don't know if that's a pope. I'm not Catholic, but he's got the giant hat and he's just marriage story. Marriage story. <laughs> it cracks me up. Hey, I wanted to ask you, so every time I turn on Google, you know, it's giving me info and it's usually entertainment related. And sometimes there's just something every week that comes up that makes me go, what? And what's been your what for this week, buddy? All right. So now this may be more exciting to me, but I, I think you'll understand the excitement. Okay. Okay. So there was a, a joke on Twitter uh not long ago. Uh, I'm not holding out hope so far. No, it's about the uh, season two of The Witcher. Okay. And somebody made a joke and they copied um, one of the producers, I believe it was, for the season two. And they said, hey, uh, at Mark Hamill would make a great Vesemir. And Mark Hamill actually replied and said, well, I haven't been offered the part dot, dot, dot yet. So the news story came out that they have actually officially offered Mark Hamill the what? part. Oh, I just literally did the what? Yeah, you did. <laughs> No, um, now he hasn't accepted, so I don't. You know, we don't know what's going on there, negotiating wise. Right. Um, but you know, he, I don't know how but familiar. But that's so cool. Yeah, I don't know how familiar you are with that that series or that character. Yeah, Obviously, I'm like one of five people who hasn't watched it. I know who Geralt is, and that's it. Uh, you know, it, with like uh, funny side note, um, I didn't watch it when it first came out because I kind of missed that it was going on as a series. But I'm familiar with the books. And um, not so familiar with the games, but I was well aware of their I existence. I didn't even know it was books. Yeah. So my son, you know, who's very much a, a, a gaming gamer, yeah, yeah. He, he really. So he he was like, oh yeah, that's the series based off of those video games. And I kind of looked at him, I'm like, you you know, those no. are based off of books, right? <laughs> and he's like, oh, they were. And I'm like, yeah, the video games are based off the books, and the series is based off the books as well. I have seen the series. I, I did go. We uh, binge watched it. Does Henry uh, is does Henry Cavill? I, all I have to compare him to is him. As, anyway, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, really? Okay. So here, I'll say I've this seen is, him in one thing, and I was like, wah, wah, wah. I'm a huge Henry Cavill fan. Oh, good. I I actually excuse him from the Superman role, right? Mainly because here's the thing: I think he looks and acts like the best Superman that we have had. Looks wise, yeah. That movie just Christopher Reeves. What he was given to work with, trash. Right. Now, as far as how he acted, how he portrayed himself, and how he, he became Superman, that was grade A work. Henry Cavill just wasn't enough to recover all the crap that was in there. Uh, have, did you ever watch uh, Man from Uncle? No. Well, you, I mean, like, 
a couple. Well, no, I mean the the movie remake. Where oh they did with no, no, hit, with I, hit, I watched a couple of like the OG. Uh, yeah, the old TV yeah. show. No, okay, so you should really watch uh, Man from Uncle. It's Army Hammer. Um, uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, Alicia Vikander and uh, Henry Cavill. Huh. And I when did this come out? I totally missed no, it, this. This is like five or six years ago. Oh, okay, so it's been a minute. Here's the funny thing: it's one of those movies that ended up kind of being a flop, and I think it's priceless. I think this is one of the most underrated movies in the last decade. Interesting, Un incredibly so, to the point where, um, uh, because uh, Hugh uh, uh, Hugh Grant has a little piece in it, and even he was good in it. But it, it's mostly the Henry Cavill, uh, Alicia Vikander, Army Hammer show. And they all three do an amazing job. But the clearly need to give Henry Cavill uh, another chance. He is fantastic. If you don't like Henry Cavill, binge watch The Witcher and then go listen to his interviews. There are some great interviews with him about the series because he talks about Because let me tell you that the, he's amazing in the series. Like Hen oh, good. Henry that's Cavill good to know. is, I mean, when you have something that's relying on the lead character as much as that is, you have to have the lead character right. And right. It's, it's not one of those series where, you know, you can Well, and it's on one of those people. where it's not an ensemble cast. It's kind of hanging on one person's shoulders. Uh, for the most part, yeah. There's a couple of other important people. And in the first season, they don't necessarily show a whole lot of some of those. I think the second season, you're going to see a few more um, main cast people. The first season is definitely the Geralt show, uh, which, you know, it should be. You got to have Geralt right. You know, you yeah. got to do him right. The person has to be respectful of the material and what he's going. And Henry Cavill knocks that so far out of the park. Good that, for him. Uh, you know, you're you're never finding that ball again because he just did so well. But then you watch the interviews and you talk. You know, you listen to him talk about how respectful he wanted to be to the source material. And I watched one where this guy's kind of like checking him on his his geek cred here. You know, he's, oh yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's kind of you know, hey, he's what pushing about, it a little bit. What about this and what about that? And like Henry Cavill's not only the the wit and quickness of his replies, uh, but just how he handled the whole situation, you're like, this dude is for real. <laughs> you know, the guy's like Xbox or uh, PlayStation. He looked at me, he goes, he, I gave him the insulted look and goes, PC. <laughs> and, you know, just right there, I'm like, whether you agree with his choice or not, you got to respect the fact that he was not only insulted by it, but had his like camp. He was yeah. there. And that that is... Nothing marks a geek more than anything else than when they are firmly in a camp on one particular on issue. Exactly. Well, I clearly, clearly need to give Henry Cavill another chance. You, you really should. The guy is a delight. And like I said, I suggest you go find uh, Man From U.N.C.L.E. I'm sure it's on a streaming service, but I'd have to look it up. Even if you have to rent it on Amazon, it is worth the watch. All right. I'm going to try it. Didn't even know it existed. Uh, but what about you, Lulu? You, I mean, I had kind of rattled on about mine for a while. Have you got a good one? I do. So Westworld season three, the trailer dropped this week and there was a secret trailer that somebody found on Reddit and posted and it looks amazing. A super secret trailer. Yes. And I have to say I'm so excited for season three because in my opinion, season two was a little bit of a letdown. Really? It just didn't hold up to season one, the caliber that was set. I don't know if I'd completely disagree with that. I'd probably put season one over season two, but not by much of a margin. I found season two to be a little bit boring, if I'm being honest, but I'm holding out a lot of hope for season three because uh, it's my understanding that it's just supposed to be a three season series and it's going to wrap it all oh, up. So they are going to end it after this. Okay. That, I don't know if that's been officially said, but unofficially that's what everybody's going with is that this one wraps it up. Okay. Uh, I did not know that, but you know, so far so good. And I'm a big fan of 
end it when it needs end to end. End it on a high note? You know, yeah, me too. I, I don't like these series where they just kind of keep going on because Drive they just want to keep the ground. it going. Yeah. Ha- have the story, know what it's going to take to tell the story, and then when it's done, be done. Exactly. Move on to your next project. I am such a fan of that as well. Uh, you know, I, I go back to it. I know people will argue this point, but for me, the first show that really did that was the Battlestar Galactica Reimagined. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the first ones that really made a statement about doing that and mm-hmm. saying, no, we are telling a story, and when it's over, Ending on their own terms. over. Yeah. And, um, of course, they had the weird writer strike in the middle of it. but Well, and it's kind of a newer phenomenon because something like that with network TV was never allowed because mm-hmm. the network is just going to keep pushing you because you're their cash cow. And right. so they're going to make you go as long as you can. But now that we have these new kinds of storytelling platforms that are beyond the, what are they, five major networks Mm -hmm. then that's an option now and it's something that i think has really added to the the television renaissance that we're in right now well i think they're being forced to be better Mm -hmm. i mean this is unfortunately uh not to get too uh political here but this is actually capitalism working the way it's supposed to not as the way it often doesn't but you know the competition is actually spurning quality in this situation because people are having to put stuff out that's better than what they yeah. were putting out before to uh, get the attention to get the notice yeah i mean uh, i was watching an interview with um some of the cast of friends the other day and that's a fa- fairly recent interview well it made me think of it because they were talking about the show and the phenomenon and there were two other guests there one of which was a huge fan of friends and the other had never seen an episode and you know they're kind of like let's it's weird for somebody to have never seen an episode of friends that is kind of surprising you know, this is a show that really was a cultural phenomenon in the state, right. where it still carries over. Oh, yeah. And But, you know, that was that traditional uh, type of show where it had no ending. Like, they finally did end it, and they did come up with an ending, but there was... Yeah, like 10 seasons in. Right, but they, were, they weren't telling a specific story. And, you know, I'm not saying there's not a place for that. I, I'm just saying that there is a huge place for people who are telling a specific story and not just letting it go on. Yeah, it's a different if it's it's a different style of I was going to call it filmmaking, but I guess television making. Well, any more of those lines have been blurred to the point where it's difficult to. Describe. Yeah, I mean, look at look at this marriage story. It's mm-hmm. a it's a streaming movie, and that's something that even a few years ago wasn't even thought of. Let alone that a streaming movie could become Oscar nominated. Right, which was a big thing because people are asking, you know, can you put uh, say like the Irishman. Mm-hmm. Or Marriage Story, those were the two big Netflix ones uh, here recently. Can you put them in the Oscars? Do they qualify? Are they movies? What are they? And, you know, th- they didn't run in theaters. This one actually did. This one ran in theaters the- for 30 days. but It, it did. Uh, and The Irishman actually had a short run in a small number of theaters. And I th- may be wrong, but I think that might be how they get around that loophole, is that they release them limitedly theatrically so that they can be nominated. And I'm sure there's some of that that goes on, but I know Netflix's main goal is to kind of circumvent the mm-hmm. cinema system, which I have mixed emotions about because I love Netflix. I love a lot of things they're doing. But yeah, but there's definitely pros and cons. I still like the theater experience. I wish they could all come to an agreement a little more than they have there, but we'll we'll see how that all plays out. There's still a lot of uh, a lot of fallout to happen in that area of the industry. Yeah. Well, this movie in particular, even though its theatrical release was in November of 2019, was actually released on Netflix in August of 2019 and obviously stars uh, ScarJo, Adam Driver, Laura Dern, Alan Alda, Ray Liotta, blobity, 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 blobity. Um, It's directed by Noah Baumbach, who also wrote the screenplay for this movie. And what I found out was he also wrote the screenplays for uh, The Life Aquatic and The Fabulous Mr. Fox, which are both... 
really out there movies and this one is so much less out there but when you know that you see the similarities in the writing style or at least i did um you know i don't know if i looked at it from that lens but i definitely understand where where you're going with it there Mm -hmm. it's that kind of dryness and a and a certain amount of wit that i enjoy yeah it's almost a um i guess a matter of fact approach to filmmaking that's a good way to put it it is very matter of fact it's very honest yeah I like that. All right, a little synopsis. Charlie and Nicole, a stage director and an actor, struggle to navigate a devolving marriage, their subsequent coast-to-coast divorce, and being pushed to their personal limits, all while attempting to maintain some semblance of normalcy for their son, Henry. All right, I got a couple things about this movie. Did you know? Uh, So I found some interesting fun facts about this. Uh, The rawness of the story comes from the fact that it is heavily based on uh, the writer-director's real-life divorce from Jennifer Jason Leigh. I I had read that, yes. And uh, life further imitating art, Laura Dern's character in the movie is actually loosely based on an L.A. divorce lawyer that represented her and Scarlett Johansson and Noah Baumbach in their respective divorces. Interesting. I know. I thought that was very interesting. And then the cutest one is if you look closely during the opening sequence, you see Nicole and Henry playing with Star Wars toys. And that was an intentional nod to Adam Driver's Kylo Ren. We'll get to that. (laughs) We'll get to that. Okay. More to come. More to come. All right. Let's jump off the diving board and let's get into the reviews. What did you give this? I'm so curious to know, Rich. All right. I, I got to preface this. There has to be something up front because... Mine has a preface too. It's fine. So I, I try to not carry anything into a movie. You know, when I when I look at uh-huh. the cast or, or what's happening in the movie, I try not to carry anything in. Now, I know that's an impossible task and bias is always going to, to creep in, but I really always try. Uh, the other thing that I have to, to just kind of throw out there is like... My wife and I have been happily married for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever married that long without having some disagreements. But right. for the most part, like, we don't really, like, fight a lot. You know, like, we just kind of we just kind of do our thing. And, you know, Lulu knows my wife. It, you know, it, it's funny because her and I are both very strong-willed They're people. disgustingly perfect for each other. Well, you think that, you know, people, like, we, sh- we have every reason to butt heads. Like, you know, because we both are very independent. We're, you know, we both have that strength of will. And, but we just make it work because, well, like, that's what you do, right? You know, when you care right. about somebody that much, that's just what you do. I say that because apparently I have zero frame of reference for this movie whatsoever. Mm-hmm. As I watched this. Because it's not been your experience at all. Well, and, you know, I understand that my experience isn't the only one, but I watched this with absolute disgust because all I could look at and see is this a movie full of horrible people doing horrible things and treating each other horribly these people are all awful people i'm like well no wonder you guys are getting divorced you guys are both pieces of shit i mean the things that you're doing is awful plus the fact that i am sorry the 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 scene that made me just want to drive out there find the main cast members and punch them both in the face is where he's saying i am broke i have no money although he's flying back and forth between la and new york working in one place and living in the other maintaining two residences and signing a $25,000 check buddy you're not broke you don't know what broke is broke doesn't get to do that that's not an option for you you're a douchebag who has way more money than most of America, and you just don't like that you don't have more. 
Oh my God, what grade did you give this? I'm just dying to know because we're going to get into it. This is a D minus for me. Shut. No. Uh, the only thing that kept this from being an F is some of the other performances. Alan Alda, Ray Liotta, Laura Dern. Even though I don't know if I understood the point of their characters, I will say that from an acting standpoint, I appreciated what they did. So they salvaged it from being an F, but I despised this movie. It was awful. I don't understand why it got nominated for anything other than a direct trip to the trash can. I gave this movie an A+. I don't know based on what, because all it was was two people treating each other like shit and yelling at each other oh, for no I have particular reason. I have reasons. Okay, for this movie, Female Factor and my review are going to be bundled together because that's just the way the story no. unfolds. Well, I, and I will give it the props. I, I, I don't want to like steal any of your thunder, but uh, if you take the production side of the the show you know that you do have strong female characters you know if you if you look at those things, oh that's it is fine. very but, in depth but if if i'm just looking at like the experience of watching the movie i'm i'm sorry if you ask me to pick which one you know pick a side between uh nicole and charlie i would say fuck you i don't want either one of them <laughs> They okay. are both pieces of shit. I said that I had a preface as well, so I must preface this by saying I am not now, nor have I ever been married, so take my opinions with a grain of salt if you must. But this is such a beautifully made piece that gives such an honest look to what happens to so many women in a marriage. While it's important that this movie tells both sides of the story, it really lays it out for you how much of herself Nicole gave up for Charlie. She very plainly states that she lost herself in their marriage. She needed to be who and what he needed so badly that she forgot to be who she was and who she needed to be. That's what we're taught as women. This is what is ingrained in us by society even now. Be the caretaker. Be the perfect wife. Be the perfect mother. Put everyone else's needs above your own. And as Nicole shows us, this isn't sustainable. No one can healthily live their life that way and truly thrive. It catches up to you. It caught up to Nicole and she was brave enough to do something about it, which is something that isn't easy for most women because it goes against everything society tells us it is acceptable for us to do. That's not supposed to be a good enough reason to quote unquote break up your family. Now, you made some points about the people they are, but ultimately, I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to say I didn't find them to be horrible people. I found them to be flawed human people who had dreams and goals and aspirations that differed from each other and they didn't know how to coexist and chase their own dreams. And yeah, it got ugly, but I think that's life. I think there's no situation that anybody's been in that you can't say has gotten ugly. I mean, despite how disgustingly perfect you and your wife are for each other, I can guarantee you, you've had a night where it got ugly. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend otherwise. Here, here's the kind of thing that, and like I said, this is why I had to set up for, I have zero frame of reference for this. And and, and I understand your point, because that, that was kind of the point of the of the movie, I don't want to say the movie, but that storyline there. Uh, of her of, half of the movie. Of how they got there. Uh, and, you know, and I'm not going to defend either one of them. I'm not going to say because uh, I agree with what you say as far as that being a problem in, for a marriage. That's not how it should happen. One person should not subsume themselves. For and the I other. can't count on all of my fingers and all of my toes, all of the actual women that I know that that is their life. And they've simply acquiesced to 
letting go of their own life to let their husband, their spouse, their kids have oh, theirs. Absolutely. I know I see it all the time as well. And it never works. It just never works. You know, and I, I talk about how, you know, my wife and I, we're both strong-willed. Well, I can tell you that that has led to disagreements. And, you know, there have been many times where she's kind of had to, to, to push back. You right. Know, she, she, and she's not afraid to do it. You know, she'll, if she does not think that I'm approaching a, a you know, situation correctly, or she doesn't think I'm being fair to her, she says it. And, you know, if she says it, I listen. Uh, and I'm not saying that we always, uh, you know, we always agree with what each other says. Right. But the, you know, the way we approach all of these situations is, is you know, is very different. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, I could take a sympathetic view to, you know, ScarJo as Nicole, but, the truth is she was what we saw her do not just let her listen to her tell but what we saw her do was some pretty shitty stuff you know the, the ambushing him with the divorce cuz she did she ambushed him that's that's shitty that's just a shitty move you know? and see i liked that because it's so human because who of us knows like obviously as i said i've never been married but were I unsure of the situation, how do you deliver divorce papers the right way? She didn't stand there saying, I'm going to ambush him because I want this to be a junk punch and I want to hurt him as much as I can. I don't know how to do this. So I'm trying to make this up and I'm I'm sweating and I'm in a tizzy and I don't know how to do this. And so um, you, you give him the things and you don't stop being nice to him. And I'm going to try and tell him first and I'm freaking out and I don't know how to do this. And there is no right way to do this. And I don't know what we're doing and I don't know what, how to do this. And that that's what made it so human is because she wasn't setting out to hurt him. Yes, it did hurt him. And no, it probably wasn't the right way to do it. But that's such a thing of like, there's this moment coming up that's going to be horrible and I don't know how to handle it and I don't know what to do. And so I, I'm going to end up doing it wrong. You see, I see those as character flaws. And that's the reason why she can be a bad person. Because what she should have done is just say it from the very beginning. Hey, I want a divorce. I'm talking, I'm talking to a lawyer. It's just that simple. You just say that. And I think that if you were in a relationship to the point where you married somebody, that means you were in, you bought in at some point. This is a person you had feelings for. You owe it to that person, whether they deserve it or not. It's not about whether they deserve it. It's about the person that you decide to be. And that's, that's what's happening. She decided, I'm going to take the, the shitty way out. I'm going to be the, the ambusher in this situation. Now, maybe he's a douchebag who deserves it. Maybe he is. And honestly, in this case, I think he probably was. Maybe he is. But... The problem is that as soon as you sink to that level, you're you're diminishing your own character. You're saying, I'm willing to be less just because that guy deserves it and was a douchebag to me. And I, I think that is just a, I don't even want to say a slippery slope because it's just a highway straight down to, to Shitsville. But see, that's the whole thing. Like, there's never a point in this movie, especially the way that it ends, that she can say that she hates him and that she thinks he's a douchebag that deserves it. That's part of the whole thing is that they do still love each other. And they're trying to figure out how to deal with that. I mean, even at the very end, they still love each other. Then maybe I just have a different standard of how you treat people that you love. Because I would never treat somebody that I love that way. Even if I felt they deserved, especially if, and I, you know, maybe not with my wife, but I have family members who I love and care for, who at times there's been some, some real tension, some real problems. And I would not approach those situations the same way and haven't. Mainly because I, maybe it's just my philosophy and belief, but that's not how you treat somebody you love. Even if it's hard, especially when it's hard, that's when it's most important that you make sure you maintain your level of character and who you are. Because anything else, and you just you're you're stooping to their level. What's the old joke? Uh, uh, don't stoop to their level; they'll beat you with experience. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, that's kind of what 
kind of what I see there. That's why I don't think that she's any better than him. Now, oh, I don't think that either one of them are better than the other. Is is you know your point valid that maybe that's what happened that they fell into that trap that is all too common in society? Maybe so. And, you know, that is sad. And I do hope that culture changes. But ultimately, we are only responsible for our own actions. And I'd like to believe that in that situation, I would treat somebody better than that. But I guess I just don't know what I would actually do when cornered with a situation that's quite possibly the most difficult I had ever been through in my whole life. And I had no frame of reference. I'm not so sanguine of how I would treat somebody. I think I have an idea. I, I was never divorced, but I was engaged before and went through that breakup. Mm-hmm. And it, it went less smoothly than I wanted it to. But when I look back at how I handled myself, I, I'm, I'm good with it. Uh, you know, as far as the, the way I went and approached the situation. And I, I, I'm, I'm good with the integrity that I maintained uh, throughout that, that, that breakup. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I like to think that I, if ever I had to, I hope I don't. Uh, not at this point, but <laughs> you know, if I ever had to, I, I hope I'd approach it with that same that same level because that's what you do. I you know, I still to this day will tell you that that person who was long since out of my life, uh, I will still tell you that I genuinely cared for that person, I right? And, and because it's the truth, I did. Now, ultimately, her and I were just too young and did not realize how different our personalities were and how much they did not mesh. Right. And as we, we came to realize that, that we just slowly came to the realization that we're not a good... Well, loving somebody doesn't mean you're yeah. meant to be together forever. Right. Exactly. And that's what that's what that was. And I'm not going to say it was my fault or her fault. The truth is we were just not compatible. Mm-hmm. And when we got together, we were young enough that it didn't matter. And as, you know, we, we, we got older, it, you know, I say older, we were still both pretty young at the time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those, those very important years there, you know, and they were college years, uh, you know, we just realized that we have different, we only walk different paths. We're different people. This doesn't, this doesn't fit. You know, at that point we've been together for several years, so it's hard to just immediately be like, right. Hey, shake hands and walk away, you know? And, um, you know, cause at that point, like our families just assumed we were getting married and like, this was, a, mm-hmm. this was a forever thing. And, you know, you talk about that, that cultural, you know, kind of imperative to do that. We were falling trapped to that a little bit, uh, as opposed to taking the time. You're in too deep and it's hard to separate yeah right and you know like i said there i i could nitpick some things but i don't want to because the the truth is it doesn't really matter it got not great at the end and you know we we did have some arguments and we did you know we did split up and then uh, you know there's a point where she wanted to reconcile and that's the point where i knew i knew i didn't want to reconcile i i knew i didn't Mm -hmm. and but at the same time i really i didn't want to try to pretend the good times weren't there. I didn't want to say that, Hey, I I don't care about you. I didn't want to say that because it wasn't the truth. I wanted this person to go out and very, have a very happy life. Yeah, I did then. And I, I, like I said, I maintained that through all of it, even if it got difficult at times. Uh, and it did. So I, you know, I'm good with how I handled that situation. And I, you know, I like to think that part of the reason why I have such a, a strong marriage is because my wife and I both approach things that way we have had difficulties happen to us you know we've both had you know things where we've caused hardship for you know our i don't want to say our marriage but you know like say financial situations right it all it all wrapped up into one there uh you know where we've made mistakes where we've had to have harsh conversations you know we've had to have have tense yeah that's just life what is it just happens and you know the way we approach those matters you know we've both been angry you know it happens and 
you know, but I don't have regrets. We look back at how we've handled those situations and not that we'd never say, well, we could have done this better or done that better, but like we never got anywhere near, I fucking hate you. I wish you would die. I mean, that's the point. Right. That's, that's the point where you're like, you, you are too far gone, man. You, I guess that's the difference between meant to be and not. You know, I, here's the funny thing. I don't believe in meant to be. Interestingly enough, people always say that, uh, you know, they, 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 especially with my wife and I, you guys were just meant to be, I don't, I don't honestly don't believe that. And my wife doesn't either. We recognize that this is something you have to work at. This is something you have to put effort into then. And this is something that you have to decide how you want to be, uh, you know, cause the truth is both of us have given up things for our marriage. We, we That's both have. true. But I also think on the flip side of the coin that there are people that, to use the term not meant to be that could put in the equal amount of work that you and your wife have mm-hmm. put in and they're still just not meant to be together. It's just never going to oh, work. Absolutely. I think not meant to be is a thing. I've seen tons of people where I look at and say, you should never have been married. Yeah. People ask that about my parents. My parents were married 23 years before they got divorced. That's a long time. And, people, and they probably put in a lot of work during that 23 years. Well, um, nah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, that's never what, mind. That's what people ask me. They're like, you know, how, what happened there? And I'm like, well, they should never have been married. They, they got married, uh, had kids and then stayed together cause they had kids and like they, they never, they were not a good couple together and they, they never were as far as I know, you know, the way society is, that's not how you're supposed to do things. So oh, people it's don't. true. And especially way back when that just wasn't a thing. You know, my, my parents are both remarried. They're, they're both very happy with, and I think they both did better the second time around. Good for them. But you know, they should never have been married. They were not compatible. And, you know, so I think there are compatibility issues, but as far as, as meant to be, well, well, sometimes you just need somebody who is mature enough to, to go into that situation and, and manage that that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, I don't believe that, and I'm getting pretty far in the weeds here, you know, like you're talking about how she gave up herself for that marriage. I don't think that's inherently bad. I think it's bad because somebody told her to do do the same. Well, then that's, that's where it falls apart is that when it came time to go the other way around, he didn't do it. Yeah. You know, because like I said, we have, I've given up things in my marriage and my wife's given up things, but we did it strategically and we did it together. It was never, you do it because I say it was always, let's discuss this and figure out which the best, best path for us to walk. And I don't think either one of you have ever just eclipsed the other. And that's, that's ultimately what this boils down to is Charlie eclipsed Nicole and she let him. She did. And I mean, that's why they should never have been together to begin with. Yeah. Okay, I do have a little bit more. I did specifically want to mention the delightful character Laura Dern plays because she brings this multifaceted, kind, tough, as nails, but funny character that even 10 years ago was not something that we could have seen on screen because she's a beautiful woman who is over the age of 40 that isn't dowdy or matronly or one-dimensional. And her character brings a bravery to the story as someone who doesn't apologize for being who she is or doing what she does yeah you don't have to convince me i'm a fan of laura dern not just because of rap everybody thing, should be i mean i i've i've always thought that she was uh she was she was fun to see on screen uh, she was great and she, there I, in this story there isn't a single character that doesn't bring something to the table and help to weave a richer story and make it a fearless look of something that's usually behind closed doors or swept under the rug um i could go on and on about 
how I feel about the mastery of the performances and how that fight scene is one of the most awe-inspiring bits of acting I have ever seen. Um, or even how the secondary and tertiary characters kind of steal the show. But I think you get the point. I thought this was a great movie that deserved all of the accolades it has gotten. And in my humble opinion, one of the best movies of 2019 and the last decade altogether. Gauntlet thrown. All right. Can I make you really mad? Because if this hasn't done it for all, I'm saving the big whammy for last. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready. Okay, Doe. Rip the Band-Aid. Rip the Band-Aid. I tried. I, I honestly can say I tried. I really wanted to go in this movie and make certain that none of my bias is held over. Uh, but I'm sorry. Adam Driver can't act his way out of a wet paper sack. Oh, he is, my God. I, Adam Sandler is 10 times the actor of Adam Driver. I don't know why anybody likes this guy in any movie ever. He is worthless. He is nothing but this like angsty piece of crap. That's the only thing he knows how to do. And every time he's on screen, all I want to do is get an equalizer and make his voice better. Oh, I was right. I wasn't ready. It was, I, I, I tried, man. I really tried because you know I you hate him from Star Wars. You didn't try hard enough. Well, yeah, well, maybe it's time for Open him to Open your eyes. I am opening my eyes. There's nothing there. He is there. amazing. He's awful. Black Klansman in this, he is amazing. He's, he dives into a character so deep and brings such a level of authenticity. It's insane. I'm sorry. There's nothing there. All of them are just Adam Driver. He it's, is a walking masterclass. Have you ever seen his TED Talk? They are nothing like Adam Driver. Oh, they're so... Well, whatever he's decided to portray his on-screen him, that's all I ever see. Like, the dude can't act. He has no facial expressions whatsoever. And he has this voice that makes Ladies it sound like he's had a Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank you for your loyal patronage of this <laughs> podcast, but I quit. <laughs> this has been my last broadcast. Everyone leave Rich behind. He clearly has lost his mind. You can't handle the truth. Oh, we're going to take a minute to recuperate from this. So let's just visit the rec room. We're going to take a minute to make room for our recommendations. All right. Uh, there's always good stuff that's out there and people want to know more about what everybody else is watching. So I have recently discovered slash rediscovered the remastered collection on Netflix. They're uh, they're not new. They're new ish. Uh, they're a series of music related documentaries that are like some of them are an hour. Some of them are an hour and a half. There's one on Sam Cooke and the murder of Sam Cooke and the conspiracy behind it that I am a huge Sam Cooke fan. And I loved. there's uh, one on uh Richard Nixon and uh, Johnny Cash. There's another one on a random Chilean musician that I had never heard of. And I find them delightful. And if you are into music and documentaries, you will love these. They're very well made. So I, I got one for you. Um, and it's so a few weeks ago, I apparently caught the bubonic plague. Oh, I did, too. I'm, I'm not normally a sickly person, but whatever was going around, that one hit me hard and fast. And I spent like three days, I'm pretty certain, on the verge of death, or at yeah. least it mm -hmm. felt like it. Uh, the only good thing that came out of it was I had three days where I was barely able to touch a remote control, but I was able to do so. And well, watch... when you binge, it just auto plays the next yeah. one for you. When I had a couple of things in mind that some people had mentioned because, you know, we're at a point now where people can mention things that you can watch faster than you can watch it. Right. So these were a couple that had been sitting back there for a while that I'd never gotten to do, especially since I knew there were ones that my wife probably wouldn't be into. 
Um, but I actually got to go back and watch uh, two series. So it's kind of a twofer, but they're, uh, they're uh, the, the toys that made us and the movies that made us. I love those shows. They're so good. They, they were, they're excellent. And I know I'd heard talk about them, but I had never got a chance to actually go see them. I actually liked the, uh, the movies that made us slightly better than the toys that made us. Although the toys that made us really spoke to me because man, that was right? my era, you know, I'm like, those were, the, I was a kid when all that stuff was coming out. But, um, you know, the uh, one on Dirty Dancing was just epic. I did not so know that great. full story. I didn't either. I didn't know anything about, like, the the studio that produced it or anything. Yeah, I mean, talk about douchebaggery, though. Like, right? there was so much that went on behind the scenes of that that production. And, and you know, well, here's what the funny thing. You know, the, you, you love to talk about, uh, you know, women in movies and getting movies made. Right. And those two women, like, pulled some they shit. They did it. <laughs> like, they really did. You know, at the end of it, when they're like, turns out the one lady had control over everything, and you know how she paid everybody back? She didn't. <laughs> she gave uh, she gave her, uh, all the women, a bunch of money, and Patrick Swayze was the only person that really, the only dude that actually came out on top of that situation. The rest of them got the shaft. <laughs> it's very true. And that little <laughs> studio folded. <laughs> No, they totally did because they thought, you know, they were going to make bank off of that. Yeah, they're like, we've made it. No, no, you haven't. I mean, they took, they're like, they're the only ones that would listen to them, the only ones that gave them money. And like, you know what? We're going to scrape together a couple million so you can make this movie. It becomes this phenomenal success. And what did they do? <laughs> they said, <laughs> we're not even going to give you your interest. Here's the money you gave us back and fuck off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was like, wow. Oh, that was great. <laughs> and the lake is gone at the Chateau. Where they go at Kellerman's? Oh yeah, the lake is gone. Oh, I didn't know that. There's I, a credit scene in it, like the credits the roll. Because I know the place is still there, like whatever they filmed yeah. it, like the actual resort. So like in the, when Jerry Orbach is sitting in the gazebo with his feet up, and they talk yeah. at the end, and he's looking out at the lake. That gazebo is still there, and it looks out onto a sea of grass, <laughs> and you can still see one cinder block. That's what Patrick Swayze was standing on when they did the lift scene in the water. Oh, nice. It just sits out there in the grass. The lake is completely gone. Because yeah, I know they filmed it essentially two different locations. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, the one of them is still there. And it sounds to me like it's partially popular because it's. You know, I would totally the go there. And if they would rename it Kellerman's, I would be there in a heartbeat. I'm a little surprised they haven't. <laughs> Joining us, a special guest, Sean. He's jumping on the mic to surprise yeah. us all. Lightning fast, getting these. Yeah, so, so apparently, our conflict over here has uh, has fed into uh, some ire, and Sean feels the need to come He's in. and Brought in an us. innocent bystander. <laughs> That's right. I, I'm tired of seeing all this a fussing and a fighting between you people. <laughs> By the way, I, I just caught the end of that, and I suspect I know what it is. But what movie were you guys just griping over? Uh, marriage marriage. Story. Oh, okay. So is Laura Dern in that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, she I play, She plays the uh, lawyer, which I, I think she did a great job. Yeah. She is fantastic. Uh, Alan Alda, I loved seeing him. Even though he's guys, good. I mean, he's like mm-hmm. 150 now, but he's yeah. just great. Ray, Ray Liotta, I thought he did a good job. Actually, so my favorite scene in that movie, real quick, was the courtroom scene where Ray Liotta and Laura Dern are going at it, but they're doing it so civilly. <laughs> yeah, they, they have that back and forth there. Now, like to me, that was fantastic cinema. That was easily the best scene in the movie. A, a good courtroom scene, mm-hmm. if, if done well, I mean, can be can be fantastic. I mean, carry carry has carried a bunch of movies in the past. So I haven't seen that um, because every time I see a preview of it, it's just them yelling at each other, and I'm like, oh well, I, I I'm just not up for that. It's <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, but um, well, well, I'm so I'm I'm sorry to hear that you guys had such a uh, 
difficult time with it. But it's so, ruined the podcast. I, I got to tell you something. <laughs> it's led I, to our divorce. Apparently, I, I was going to say, and that, well, and it's so nice to be I'm emancipating to, myself to uh, be a guest on the last podcast. Apparently, <laughs> first time two, on the so, last pod. Yeah, I'll be able to tell people the story later on. It's like, yeah, they were they just hated each other after that. They never <laughs> it got really never ugly. Spoke. They threw down their stuff and walked. Adam out. Driver was in the middle, and they just couldn't oh, take yeah. it. Yeah, that yeah, that Adam Driver so, so polarizing. Um, <laughs> did, did we? <laughs> Gosh, and that Laura Dern. Weren't they in that great uh, movie? What was it called? The The Last Jedi? Weren't they terrific in that one? That Sean, was great. Wasn't Sean, it? are you just picking That's a just fight? A, Is that what happened? You're what just a, picking a fight. What now, a delightful movie that was. Oh, I was man. so pleased with how well it honored the past and uh, prepared us for the future. We all were. Yeah. Anyway, no, so here you need a, a palate cleanser, right? Right. Right. Yeah. After this, this, this heavy marriage story movie, I, I'm going to make a suggestion for you. What you okay. got? What you got? I feel you need to do a multiple movie podcast where you explore the cinematic masterpieces of Hal Needham. Hal Needham, of course. <laughs> I don't even know who oh, that is. Oh, but I'll bet I, you you know his work. I bet you do. Yeah, he is no, the stuntman turned director who is responsible for Smokey and the Bandit, Cannonball oh. Run, Hooper, and the vastly underrated, um, oh, no, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> uh, hold on. Uh, Megaforce. Megaforce yeah. starring Barry Bostwick. Uh, from the early 80s. I think, oh, my, my. Yeah, that is a solid six and seven hours worth of entertainment right there. You guys would have no shortage of things to talk about. Uh, those, we did, um, I know Sean was there, but we, uh, several of us went and watched Hooper at, at Draft House. They had one of their movie parties uh -huh. um, for Hooper. And it's because of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was coming out right mm -hmm. about then. And, you know, Hooper is uh, a movie done by uh, stuntmen, about stuntmen. Right. So, you know, you kind of, it, it was a tie-in is what they were doing there. But it's classic Burt Reynolds. It really uh, is. It's wonderful. It's, it's just charming and uh, silly. Just just mm -hmm. dumb as all heck, as all of them are. And it had um, Stringfellow Hawk. Yeah, so. it, it, it sure did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Hooper's my favorite of, of that series because ain't nobody fly a car like Hooper. I'm just telling you. <laughs> He's the world's greatest stuntman. Um, I've never seen any of these movies. Oh, uh, you're in for a treat. Like I said, binge them all. Come in, talk about all of them together, because ultimately they're all the same movie. I you don't know if I'm ready hard. for that either. Oh, I'm telling you, it's good you, stuff. You know, it's, it's it's the how do you say this? It, it's definitely a product of its era, but it's by far from the worst product of that era. I'm afraid because Smokey and the Bandit was one of my dad's favorite movies, oh, and yeah. I don't know if I can handle watching it knowing that he loved that movie. You know, I'll mm. tell you something. Um, <clears throat> with a little bit of time especially that movie is is wonderful uh ferber and i went to go see uh it came out in 1977 and ferber and, and they re-released it in theaters and so we went to go see it uh in the theater and um and i had i'd seen it many times over the years but it'd been a while since i'd watched it through the last time especially on on the i'd never seen it on the big screen and i every time i'd seen it in the past you know eight million other things are going on you know right. while, while you're watching it on tv but it was wonderful burt reynolds is having the best time and that it, that kind of infectious enthusiasm carries over um sally field is a delight uh and um who plays Buford t justice um i'm blanking out his name here i can see um, his face i don't know yeah his name. uh and I, I should be i felt remiss for not being able to remember this all of a sudden um jackie gleason um is is really pretty funny as as the sheriff i mean he really just chews up that scenery so it holds up better than i think you might expect okay, okay. i i think i might be able to sell this for you to at least watch hooper oh lord Guest starring Adam West. 
That's right. Oh Lord. Yes, because they're making it, it's the the, uh, the movie within a movie is called The Spy Who Laughed at Danger. And that's true. <laughs> that's a great name. It, it is, that is it? a great and, name. And Adam West plays the James Bond type character. So. so he's like the star. So he's playing Adam West, who's playing, playing in another movie. Lovely. And Burt Reynolds is his stunt man. Okay. It's so great. Interesting. It, it, All right, I'm in. Guess, I'm guess, in. Guess who's got the Blu-ray DVD to loan you in case you wish Oh. I can tell you, this guy right here. All right, I'm in. So, well, I guess we know what our assignment is, um, but that means that you have to come back. I'm just saying, are you willing to give it one more try? Do it for right. Bert. We can go to counseling. I'm in. <laughs> I. You know what? I don't we know. can go to we can go to movie therapy. It's fine. Sean, how are your counseling services? <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah, oddly enough, they I involve even, a lot of Burt Reynolds. Yeah, you got to watch a lot of Burt Reynolds. That movies. nude that's is on cool. the wall, blown up really big. <laughs> I was hoping you would not bring that up, but in fact, that's true. So okay, maybe really it's helps. It makes, wall, so. it makes me feel safe. It's right next to the sting coming out of the steam bath in Dune. I got those two up there. That's, <laughs> that's good stuff right there. Have you, have you ever seen that one? Uh, once upon a time, the a million years sting. ago. Yeah. It's like it's my screensaver. Yes. <laughs> all right well uh apparently we we're not breaking up after all apparently sean has the saved, podcast has been saved has, sean saved it thanks to another couple saved by me his timely <laughs> intervention and we'll uh we'll see how it goes. maybe we'll get better and uh we'll be able to work this out on the next conflicts so stay tuned see you next time